Moines. Now, today's biggest store in the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. The Iowa basketball team announced yesterday that Jordan Bohannon will be undergoing a hip scope today at the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics. Bohannon will be out for an indefinite period of time. In an interview with the Register's Chad Leistikow, Bohannon said a possibility of a red shirt is on the table. Iowa Hoops has also found their replacement on the assistant coaching staff as Billy Taylor has been named as the assistant coach replacing Andrew Francis. The Iowa baseball team gets started today in the Big Ten tournament as they face off against top-seeded Indiana. The Hoosiers swept the Hawkeyes back in their series in late March. First pitch scheduled for 5 o'clock on BTN. The Stanley Cup Finals are set. We go to St. Louis as the Blues get it done on the power play. Schwartz looking for the redirect. Thomas to the point. 15 seconds remaining on the power play. Petrangelo with a clap. The call from NBCSN as the Blues advance to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time since 1970, where the Boston Bruins await Game 1 Monday night in Boston. To basketball Eastern Conference Finals, and we're tied up at two games apiece. Kawhi Leonard goes over the Greek freak. Gasol with a nice pass, and Leonard puts it down. TNT with the call, 121-02 the final. Game 5 back in Milwaukee tomorrow night. We finish in baseball, and the Cubs walk it off. Against the Phillies. Pitch to Baez. Line. Cubs win. It only took Almago one pitch tonight. Three to the final. The call from WGN Sports teams back at it tonight. 7.05 with the first pitch. Cole Hamels will go up against his old team for the first time for the Cubs. In Anaheim, the Twins continue to mash. And welcome to the big leagues, Louis Arias. A drive to right field and deep. Arias has hit his first Major League home run. What a moment for the rookie. Dick Bremer on the call, Fox Sports North. As the Twins pick up the 8-3 win, they lead the American League Central by six and a half games. And after a rainout yesterday, the Royals and Cardinals will be playing a doubleheader. 12-15 start for Game 1, 6-45 Game 2 from St. Louis. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's a Wednesday. Miller and Condon are with you for the next couple of hours, and glad you're with us. As we come to you from Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Busy show. Lots to get to with the uh, news on Jordan Bohannon, who is uh, perhaps... Uh, through his surgery was scheduled to begin at seven o'clock. I'm not going to sit here and try and lie to you and say I have no idea. I have any idea how long the procedure is going to take, but apparently they're shaving some of the bone away. Um, mm, that doesn't sound uh, like you want to do that, uh, Trent Condon. Good morning that's to you, too. Yeah, that's nasty, right? But that's what they're doing. By the way, uh, Zach Bohannon, uh, Jordan's brother, on Twitter, and I want to get it so I can read the verbatim what he said. We're so fortunate to work in this market because the rivalry truly never takes a day off, and here's today's example of it. This is Zach Bohannon, who was with his brother. Uh, as he was wheeled into surgery the morning, Zach said this morning said to him, I told him the famous quip by President Reagan, who told his surgeon after his attempted assassination, 
Reagan looked at his surgeon and said, please tell me you're Republican. Jordan's response was, well, thank God my doctor's not a cyclone. <laughs> it never rests, does it? It never ends. Just stirring the pot. Stirring the pot. And Zach, he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. Put it out there. Absolutely. Good for them. And, and message board fodder, Twitter fodder, and sports radio fodder here for the next day or two. Yeah, I hope that uh, the people realize for that what how it was made. I mean, that's yeah. the, that's an ingest. This is a guy that's supposed to, A, get you know knocked out. Well, not knocked out, but you know what I mean. Put to sleep and about to under, uh, undergo significant surgery, and uh, still had that sense of humor and uh, put it uh, put uh, injected the rivalry into it. That was I thought that was uh, really well done. Well, um, Trent, we obviously going to talk a lot about it. Wade Looking Bill, former Hawkeye, former basketball player, once a Hawk, always a Hawk. Same with Cyclone, same wherever you graduate. I get it. Um, uh, former uh, Hawkeye Hoopster is going to join us and uh, to talk about that and what uh, perhaps uh, lies ahead for uh, Jordan Bohannon is he may or may not be back this year and we'll you know try and figure out what the lineup is going to look like him uh, with without him uh, as part of the 2002 uh, 19-20 team so we'll get into that uh, looking Bill is going to join us here in about 20 minutes uh, David Kaplan it's Wednesday Cappy slides on in here fascinating piece with Cappy today teased it a little bit at the end of yesterday's show david kaplan right in the middle of what would have been a a dynasty altering trade had it gone down sean kemp was going to leave seattle he was he had been traded to the chicago bulls for scotty pippen when all of a sudden the media broke the trade and seattle fans started to oh i mean they didn't get their pitchforks and riot, (laughs) but they weren't real pleased about it. And the owner of the Sonics said, uh, you know, stuck his finger in the air and uh, to check which way the wind was blowing. And he didn't like what he was hearing from his fan base and uh, killed the trade. Um, And and Cappy was at the center of it. Right Right at the middle. You're you're definitely going to be wanting to tune in right at the get-go. We uh, get to it right at the top. Yep. And it is an incredible story, and lots of layers to the story too. Yeah, and I had no idea about him. No, not at all. I'd I'd heard that in the past that the Kemp for Pippen was very close to happening. Mm-hmm. This is it was peeling done. back the curtain a lot more on that that story that it just right. kind of floated throughout the year, the last twenty five years. Yeah. Now they'd won. They, they'd had their first little run. Michael Jordan's playing baseball at the time, and uh, this was about to go down. So Cappy brought to us by Centurion Stone. We will ask about Craig Kimbrell. Promise. Uh, we were asked to do so on Twitter yesterday, uh, and we will do that with Cappy, and we did so. And the reason we say we'll, we did so is Cappy's on the air right now in Chicago, and this is full disclosure. If you listen to us every week, you're tired of me saying this, but uh, we're grateful the new people are finding the show um, and want to make them aware that we tape Cappy on Wednesday morning at 8.35 uh, as he's on the air. So we get as current as we possibly can. We cross our fingers that nothing's going to happen in two hours that will make us look bad for not asking that uh Whatever happens. So uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to talk Twins baseball for the first time, Trent. Nick Nelson's going to join the program. Another win for your Twins last night as they continue to hold the lead and build the lead in the American League Central. And then before we get out of here, Adam Teicher, who covers uh, the Kansas City Chiefs for ESPN. The plan yesterday before the uh, looking, before looking bill, before the Bohannon News was to, you know, spend some time talking about a couple of the local teams. 
And we're going to do so with the Twins at 11.15, and then we'll switch sports and head south uh, and do the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. But from where you sit, when you heard the news, I saw a reaction on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think, like most Hawkeye fans, somewhat shocked uh, that this news is coming out uh, now when it did. The season ended, what, almost two months ago at this point, and I guess he, Bohannon, tried to... You know, he wanted to consider all options before this decision was made. You wonder if he would have come to that conclusion, um, you know, three, four weeks ago. Right. With, obviously, would the would the uh, would the season be as in doubt? So, anyways, you know, you, you go into first hip injuries, and he tried to rest it, thought maybe some rest and, and recovery that way. Multiple pain injections, would needles, be, both yep. before games. Be able to, he'd be able to get through it. Well, of course, it became untenable here, and this is the situation that they now sit in. And I think you're right, you know, if this decision would have been made right away. A couple of different things that, that rattle around in my head. First of all, Isaiah Moss. Isaiah Moss, he certainly had to know that this was a possibility, Right. You would think so. I would think, Trent, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Because we talked a lot about with Connor McCaffrey, then as a sophomore mm-hmm. next year, Toussaint coming in, maybe Bohannon playing off the ball a little bit in those minutes, and C.J. Frederick, the minutes for Moss mm-hmm. could go down. Now with this story, and if it proves out to be that Bohannon does have to redshirt this upcoming season. Well, there is a solution. Oh, yeah? I mean, he's, he's still got to pass some courses, right? This Did- summer, he's got to get through. I mean, hopefully. So just fail a class? Yeah, the, the professor's a hardcore ho- uh, hoopster fan and, uh, you know, holds him back. Sorry. Didn't get yeah, the work done. Sorry, Arkansas. This isn't going to work nope, out. Nope. There, there's no grad transfer opportunity here. If he, if he wants to play basketball, he's going to have to do so at Carver Hawkeye. Yeah, Isaiah, you know what? You're three credits short of graduating. I guess you're going to have to stick in Iowa City. <laughs> oh, darn. I mean, it's true. <laughs> you, I mean, I don't. No, obviously this is North Carolina we're talking about here. We don't need academic fraud yeah, happening over true. in Iowa City. But they're, but they're, yeah, that's not going to happen. No. But but you're right. But back to your your main point about Moss. Did he know? Could I mean, things he, have turned out differently? He's going to get. He would have had more opportunities in a Bohannonless Iowa team mm-hmm. than I think he will at Arkansas. Sure, more opportunities. Now it could be more than just getting shots. It, it could be a new voice. Muscleman with the ties that he has to the NBA, mm-hmm. maybe giving him the feeling that he has a better shot. A lot of times, I'm sure Muscleman will well, be he's saying, selling him. He's selling him a bag of goods. If that's the case, well, well, I'm sure what Muscleman is going to say is almost the exact same thing that McCaffrey and the rest of the Iowa coaching staff has told him. Things he needs to work on, uh-huh. what he has to do. But sometimes just that different voice, even though the message is exactly the same, that can be enough for some. Look, guys. I'm not killing the kid. I hope it works out for him. Yeah. I, I hope he does make money playing college or playing professional basketball. At this point, I but mean, with this, would this decision have been there if Bohannon mm-hmm. would have decided a month ago or six weeks ago to undergo the knife? And we will never know about that one. The second part is if Bohannon isn't able to play this year. This Iowa basketball team's going to stink. Trent, I couldn't agree with you more. They're going to be awful. This is going to be a bad backcourt. Uh, and it's a guards game. And mm-hmm. Look, they got some guys. I'll, I'll give you that. But this was going to be a team that was probably, you know, tournament worthy, right? I Gary Parrish of CBS, who you know I respect a whole yeah. lot. Even after the Tyler Cook decision to go and Isaiah Moss to leave, he still has them as a top 25 team. Mm-hmm. He updated his rankings just yesterday, and he says he's under the impression right now that Bohannon will be back. And with that, 
he still believes Iowa's going to be a top twenty-five team. Yeah, but this is this this isn't this isn't your cookie cutter injury here, Trent. We're talking about a hip and what he is going to be. Yeah, and, and look, everybody comes back for it tolerates pain differently. Everybody's mm-hmm. got a different uh, timeline when it when it comes to getting back from injuries. I look, I I hope he is, and if he is, I want him to have his final year of college basketball. That that factors into things. That's you want to play your, you want to play your last year at eighty percent, mm-hmm. or forego or postpone it for a year and have it when you're you know when you're Jordan Bohannon again. Yeah, to be completely healthy to go through there. If he makes that decision, your backcourt is looking at Connor McCaffrey, Joe Toussaint, who I CJ like Brad. by the way, and I think it's a raw deal. I agree if, with if you. If his last name wasn't McCaffrey, I think we'd yes. like we is, meaning the fan base. He is right now a solid backup backcourt, mm-hmm. and by the time. A backup guard, I should say. And by the time he's an upperclassman, he could be a solid right. start. Is he going to be a star? No. 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 Better baseball player than a basketball player. But I, look at uh, I, I like the kid's attitude. Gives you a little backbone, a little swagger. Um, I, I thought he got a raw deal. But you, it's, it's, it's not going to be. I mean, when you, when you rank it, when we figure out who the other uh, Big Ten backcourts, what they consist of, this is going to be a lower level. I mean, oh, it's not, not even close. Not lower level. It's going to be last. It might be. It, it will be. If it is those three guys, those three, and even if you throw Weiss Camp as he can play the two the pressure he's got on him all of a sudden? Well, he's going to get shots this year. Oh. Speaking of shots, him and Luca Garza might each average 18-plus a game. Well, okay, coach against him. Who are you going to stop? Every single night, you're going to stop Weiss Camp. Yeah. Every single night. You're going to put your best perimeter yes. defender on him. You're going to do everything. And you're going to say, all right, Cordell Pemps will beat us. Right. C.J. Frederick, uh-huh. we'll live with that shot. Yep. Joe Toussaint, let's see it. New York City point guard. You're not going to let those two guys do it. New York City, true freshman point guard. Yes. That wasn't ranked in the top 150. Right. That didn't have a lot of whole major conference offers. A lot of expectations Trent, for guys don't that see, don't have the uh, resume that you'd anticipate. You're 100% right. Look, this is bad news. Mm-hmm. I, I know that I've seen a lot of uh, people trying to spin it, that uh, they're going to be fine, going to be fine, we'll be fine. We didn't need Moss. <laughs> right. I didn't need Cook. Didn't need Cook. Now, don't need Bohannon because he, he's not a true point guard. Yeah. And the yeah. Guy's gonna you know go what down he is? His... He's a true clutch basketball yeah. player. Look back at his body of work. Um, in the final two minutes of, of games when you needed it most, boy, oh boy, he has delivered more times than not. So we'll see, Trent. It's a career leader in three pointers. He's going to be right up there in assists, but mm-hmm. he's not a true point guard. So yep. Hawkeye fans want to throw him aside. Nope, I agree. And we'll still be without a doubt. And I don't care what's coming down the pike. The, the most memorable play of a, of a Hawk, of an athlete in the state of Iowa in my time on the air prior to or going forward. I will never forget what he did. Missing Never. the free throw. Yes, it was the most unbelievable moment. I had tears in my eyes. Mm-hmm. It had tears in my eyes. Still do thinking about it. Uh, allowing that record to stand. Just remarkable young man. Rooting for him. Really are. So there is another layer to this story. As today, this morning, as Bohannon was probably under the knife, they officially announced the new basketball coaching. Hire. Who did you see the picture that I think it was? I think it was Iowa basketball's Twitter that put it up. Boy, he looks like Michael Strahan. Oh really? Oh my God! I, I thought when I first looked at it, I thought that that's who it was. He's a little Hawkeye. He's skinnier. He's skinnier. Yeah, he's got skinnier. a longer face. I didn't see. I, I got to look at that. Picture oh, I think it's Michael Strahan. No. Yes, no. yes, 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 for sure. You know who he looks like to me? Who? He, he looks like the uh, guy from Coming to America that oh, his dad know. met. Oh, no, you never seen Coming to America. I'm not sure who's in it. Eddie Murphy? Oh, I think I or did. City with Hall. the other guy, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the show. But. And Eric LaSalle was mm. the, uh, the the guy that he was going up against for the lady. No? No. Nothing for you? <laughs> can't, can't help you there. Eric LaSalle's where I've gone. I don't see Strayhead at all. 
You don't? No, not at all. Wow. That's a swing and a miss. All right. Eric LaSalle, a lot closer. Okay. Well, I don't know who he is, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, I wanna... But that higher. Yeah, well, so tell me about it. You, you yeah. had... He was director the of basketball. The Hawkeye Media seems to be happy with it. Oh, okay. But this is a guy that has been there with the coaching staff mm-hmm. for three years. Left to take a head coaching job of what? Division? He dropped down. NAIA, and... I think, was okay. out in North Carolina. And turned that program around. They were good. But you're getting back into D1 basketball certainly makes sense with that. It is, to me, pretty unassuming hire. Guy that Fran knows. Mm-hmm. Guy that's been on the staff. They know each other going back 20 years back to Notre Dame. So if you're looking for something to be shaken up, you're looking for a new voice, not getting a new voice. You're getting what you yeah, see. Yeah, fair point. This is exactly... Fair point. Now, there's many people out there that say, you know, the Luke Yaklich conversation at Michigan, what John Beeline did, bringing in mm-hmm. this defensive guru, mm-hmm. is you could bring in Luke Yaklich. You could bring in a great defensive coach. You could bring in somebody that's going to do something different. Luke has different ideas. Ray McCaffrey's personality, though, Probably not going to allow a lot of those new ideas. Is that fair to say? Yes. That his personality, he is type A. He right. is the boss. He's not a delegator. At least no. I, 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 that's how I see him from yes. afar. He does things uh-huh. his way. It's his program. And, and that's okay. That, that's right. fine. Yes, absolutely. He, he has earned that right. He mm-hmm. is the head coach, and there are people that are that way. But for the people that want to make the argument, boy, I wish they would have gone out and get this kind of coach, I don't know if it really would have mattered. I personally... More in that camp, I would have liked to see a new voice. I would have liked to see somebody that doesn't have the connections to McCaffrey's staff just to see if they can incorporate some kind of new ideas. Not going to happen, though. That's Fran. That's who he is. That's what this program is. And uh, this program needs Jordan Bohannon back in a big way. Yeah, and I'm not sure they're going to get him. All right, real real quick, the NBA last night, good for the Raptors. Series tied at two. We've got something here. Mm-hmm. By the way, if it goes seven games, it's going to be right up against game one of the Stanley Cup. Oh, really? I mean, they can't get away from each other. Monday night? That's why I thought, you know, the NHL play in the afternoon. You're going to get killed. Ah. Uh, Blues and the uh, Blues and the Bruins uh, will uh, will play for the right to, to have a parade. Uh, but the basketball last night, look, uh, we killed Fred Van Vliet. He deserved it. Uh, he was terrific. Abaka, same way. He was unbelievable uh, in the game last night. I didn't night. see that one coming. No, nor did I. Powell the same way. Now, Powell's had his moments. He's been good. But in a night where Siakam and Kawhi Leonard um, had their... Well, Siakam was his worst performance of the playoffs. Kawhi Leonard was his second lowest scoring output of the playoffs. They're just exhausted after playing that double overtime game. And, and it really showed last night. But Gasol stepped up. Kyle Lowry was out of his mind last night. Uh, and the bench... Van Vliet in particular, who was, what was he, one of 11, I want to say? One of 11? One of 11 for the floor and one of eight from three. Right. on In Sunday's over, uh, double overtime game, Ibaka was two of nine, I want to say, in that game. The bench in a big way saved Nick Nurse's team last night. Boy, I turned over to NBA, the NBA network mm-hmm. after the game to watch Nick Nurse's press conference. And, you know, he's really downplaying the Kawhi thing and Kawhi's downplaying it. And then Kyle Lowry got a microphone in front of him. Yeah, we knew he was, uh, we knew he was, he was going to struggle tonight. We knew we had to pick <laughs> up our teammate. We knew he was nowhere close to being 100%. <laughs> it's not what you want to hear. Uh, after, uh, I mean, look, if you're, if you're the Bucks, you know that, uh, Kawhi Leonard, who's been unstoppable, is not having the game uh, that he's had throughout this entire playoff run. Giannis was good. Yeah. Um, Middleton, Middleton was, was unbelievable. Great, Couldn't miss. Bledsoe continues to stink. Yeah. And he's had his moments in this play in these playoffs. But yes, uh, in this, this series, he's this been, series bad. Has been bad. Totally and, and agree. With Malcolm Brogdon, he was really good the game before. He Double overtime game Sunday, he was fantastic. He really struggled yep. last night. But it goes back to Milwaukee, and it, I mean, 
not real deep analysis here. Home court. There's been a home court series so far, right? Yeah. Two in Milwaukee, go to the home team. Two in Toronto, go to the home team. And here we are in a best of three. Games tomorrow, game six on Saturday night, 7.30. And game seven, should there be one, will be Monday night at 7.30. Mention the Blues punched their ticket. They're going to the Cup. We'll talk more about that. Going to try and get Eddie Garcia, who is part of this radio station overnight, uh, his duties with Fox. Uh, he does the Puck Podcast, a real good NHL guy. We'll try and line up Eddie Garcia to join us uh, in time for tomorrow's show. David Kaplan in 20 minutes or so. Wade looking next, is he? It's time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Been telling you all week, this is the final week of this promotion. Uh, right now, we're asking you to text the keyword COIN to 200-200. Uh, right now, it's your chance to win $1,000 cash. That's COIN to 200-200 standard message and data rates apply. Back with Wade Looking Bill. More on the Bohannon. We'll get into Hawkeye baseball. Now, what's the story here, Trent? They're limping into the Big Ten tournament. They need to win it to go to the NCAAs? Yeah, for all intents and purposes. Even if they get to the championship game, I, I just think their RPI is still going to struggle too much. Five consecutive losses to end the regular season. Two at home to Michigan State wasn't good, didn't even qualify for the Big Ten tournament, and then were swept by Maryland on the road, who jumped up to the sixth seed with a Maryland sweep, but still, that felt like a series two weeks ago that uh, they'll probably take two out of three there. Arms, that's really been the issue. Just They've run out of pitching depth. They've had a lot of injuries there, and it is catching up to them in a big way. Five o'clock Big Ten Network, you said? Indiana, the number one seed, and uh, the only Big Ten team program in the last 25 years to get to the College World Series is the Hoosiers. Good luck there in game one. Uh, we'll take a time out. We'll be back with Wade Looking Bill. David Kaplan is brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. He's 20 minutes away. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. Ah, KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. David Kaplan, 15 minutes. Right now, Wade Looking Bill. Let's uh, get some help on this Jordan Bohannon situation and what it might mean for the 1920 edition of the team. And can he come back? Wade Looking Bill. I mean, come back this year. He's going to come back. Wade Looking Bill joins us. Wade, Trent, Ken, thanks for coming on. How's the, how you been? Really good, really good. Nice to talk a little college basketball. Absolutely. And we're going to, if if we have time, and we're going to try and carve some out, talk a little baseball as the uh, squad heads over to Omaha and a must win. But, you know, the news yesterday, Wade, obviously, uh, it was caught a lot of people, most people off guard, uh, that Bohannon is going to undergo hip surgery. That procedure was done at 7 o'clock this morning, uh, leaving very much in doubt his 2019-2020 season. He's going to be a senior. He doesn't want to come back at 70, 80 percent, according to Chad Leistakow's piece, who broke the story uh, yesterday. I don't blame him one bit for that. How difficult do you think it's going to be uh, for him to, you know, to even entertain thoughts of playing this year? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be really tough. You know, it sounds like this is something he's had at least for the last year, if not, if not longer. And and, and it, as a senior, I'm sure he wants to play his last year of college basketball at 100 percent, whether that's this year or next year, it's just it's just a tough turnaround. Now with the with the rules being different, you know he can play thirty percent games or less than thirty percent of games, and then still apply mm-hmm. for that medical red shirt. But boy, I, if it were me, and if I had to guess, I would think that he would redshirt this year and not play the entire year. 
Yeah, and with those injuries, and it has to be something that happens and something you do afterwards. So if he tried to go, but he couldn't, I think he could get the red shirt. But is that something where all of a sudden, hey, we're going to play in the Big Ten tournament and then get a red shirt after that? Are you confident in the NCAA? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you, I don't know if it. I don't think it quite works that way. No, it doesn't. I no. think you got to play early. Yep. You, know, you can't take the you know twenty games off, get healthy, and then play five or six. Mm. But um, you got to do what's best for Jordan. Yep. You know, and I've heard some people say that. Why didn't he have the surgery, you know, March 25th? Well, you know, surgery is always the last option. You know, cutting into your body and right. trying to repair it is always the last option. So season's over. You rest. You try to get healthy. Do some do some um, physical therapy. Try to get better. That's not working. So now this is where we're at today. So I think he's doing the right thing. You know, they, they say five to nine months. So that's June, July, August. October, November at the earliest. That's six months. Um, it's a tough thing. You know, I know he wants to play with this with this group of kids, but if you're only eighty percent at best and have to go through that big ten year and try to get healthy, it's that's a really a big challenge. Hmm. Uh, how big of a blow, a double whammy now that Isaiah Moss has moved on, or he's going to he's he's committed to Arkansas. He's still got some work to do uh, at Iowa regarding uh, graduation and classes. But uh, clearly, uh, this wouldn't have been quite as um, devastating, maybe, of a blow had uh, Isaiah Moss been there to at least absorb some of those minutes. And a guy who's played before and played big minutes before, and he's no longer an option to you know to pick up some of that slack, Wade. Yeah, no, I think I think devastating is is the right word. You know, when a kid leaves, Isaiah Moss has started pretty much every game his college career at Iowa. Over ninety games he started at Iowa, and he's a kid that came from from Chicago Simeon, so it's a Chicago public school league kid, and that that league and and, and that group of teams is really tight. So when you bring that kid into Iowa, and he doesn't have the best experience, it makes it really tough to go back in. And recruit at Martin Luther King and a Whitney Young and back at Simeon when you had a kid that didn't have the best experience. So there's just, there was something going on. I, I, I don't know Isaiah. You know, he was the most, he was one of the strangest or unique, most unique kids ever played Iowa. I, I never saw him smile. I never saw him get angry. I never saw him get excited, which I think is, is really cool in, in, in this day and age of, you know, trying to market your name or be a brand. But um, with him leaving, that, that's big. That's that's not good, obviously. And now with Bohannon, with this situation, you can wonder who's going to be able to bring the ball up the court next year. You know, you got Joe Trusant, who, you know, I, I think is a good player. I I don't really know, but besides that, you know, Wieskamp's second best ball handler. It's it's going to be interesting these next couple months. It, it is, and you got Connor McCaffrey still there, but that backcourt certainly doesn't look like an NCAA tournament. He's- and he's court. playing baseball this summer. Is, is, is that what I saw? He's going out to the Cape Cod, Cape Cod League or somewhere. Yep, you're right on that. So he'll be oh, good for him. Well, I mean, good yeah. for him. So there's that's that that's that Wood Bat League. Yeah. I guess. but that's that kid that you know. So so that's a whole summer where he's not focusing on basketball. And that good for him. That's great. Mm-hmm. But so now you got a freshman point guard, a a baseball player, class <laughs> basketball player. Right. You know, and, and as your two point guards. That makes me a little nervous. It's tough. Mm, no, no doubt about it. So with, with the lineup here and the construction now of this roster, and let's say I, I'm sure Fran is turning over rocks, trying to find grad transfers and, and finding some kind of help, but if this is the roster currently constructed and Bohannon isn't back for this year, well, you have to play big, right? You, you have to 
maybe play Wieskamp yeah. at the two a lot, and you play Garza, Nunji, and Pemsel and Creener, those combination kind of together a lot. If you're you're with that roster, what can you do basically playing three big guys together at a time, and, and could it be effective? You know, it's tough. I think they're going to have to play zone from the get-go. You know, sure. they're not a great man-to-man team, even with, you know, Moss and Bohannon and Tyler Cook in there. Um, you know, obviously it's going to be Wieskamp and Garza. They're going to get all the minutes they can handle. I think I think Connor starts at the one, at least initially, just because yep. he's got, you know, he's been in that program two years now. He's, he'll be a redshirt sophomore, so that's that's three. And then, you know, Nunji didn't play all last year. Pemble didn't play all last year. Frederick's a redshirt freshman, so... I think all those kids have got to kind of find their niche. Our, um, Patrick McCaffrey's going to have to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cordell Pemsel, what, what's he going to bring? Um, you know, all those kids are going to get their chance, whether it's 15, 20 minutes a game, to kind of figure out the rotation. Yeah, and if, you're, uh, if you've got the scout for the upcoming Hawkeye game, um, I mean, Wieskamp's going to be wearing a bullseye every single night he takes the floor because he clearly um, is now going to be elevated into that role. He's the guy. Tyler Cook is gone. Bohannon is in all likelihood going to miss the entire year. Wieskamp, who's a terrific player, don't get me wrong, uh, he's going to really um, earn his scholarship this year because he's going to be asked to do a lot. and Every single team they play against knows that that's going to be the case. Yeah, he's going to, he's going to draw the the most athletic, best defender from the other team every night, you know, because he's the he's the the kid that can, you know, and he's not not great at it, but he's he's, he's getting better, I'm, I'm sure. But um, as far as breaking somebody down, you know, off the dribble, and from what I hear with 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 Joe Toussaint, he can do some of that too. Maybe he can't finish as as well as some other kids can, but he can get by his man, find an open shooter, you know, find guards on the inside, um, Nunji from mid range. Um, but it's just going to be a really interesting summer, and I look for November and December to be to be kind of very telling to kind mm-hmm. of see where they can figure things out. It's a challenge. All right, Wade. Before we let you go and run out of time here today, Big Ten tournament starts for the Iowa baseball team. Five game skid to yeah. end the regular season. They go from in contention to being at large team in the NCAA's to now fighting for their lives and having to win this thing. Pitching has gone awry, but Rick Keller. I mean. What he has done over these last six, seven years, we talk about Iowa baseball in May. Ken, you've been doing this a long time. Do you guys ever talk Iowa baseball? Seldom. Yeah, seldom. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's great, and I followed that a little more this year than I ever have, just, just between you know Twitter and then uh, Tommy Norman's kid who, who, who played basketball in Iowa. Yeah. Is a, is a center fielder on that team, and um, I think it's great. You know, when you talk about basketball or baseball hotbeds, Iowa's not in the top. Hmm. 35 maybe you start listing the schools out and with with what he's done they didn't finish real strong you know the last couple of weeks but you never know you know Omaha is great and if they can get on a little bit of a run and win a couple games like they did I think it was two years ago they got a chance Indeed. You know what, Wade? Uh, John Miller just alerted me to the fact that uh, at HawkeyeSports.com they've got every basketball score going back I mean I'm looking at your game against Duke uh, you were all for one, Wade. You played five minutes in that in that game uh, in uh, January the sixteenth, nineteen ninety three. This is a really cool addition. Uh, this is a rabbit hole that Hawkeye fans can go down and spend some time. That's Even cool. former players, Wade, looking Bill. That's pretty cool. I made I made two free throws in that game. Uh, yes, you did. He got technical. He, he, he got technical. He was him and Bobby Hurley were crying and complaining. And, um, <laughs> nice. Um, I, I shot the technical free throw, so that was. 
that was my contribution to that to that game. Yeah, two two great free throws. Yeah, uh, Chris Street went for fourteen. Murray had four. AC Earl had a big day. He had ten. Why? This is really yeah. cool. This is really cool. Spend some That's time cool. down there. Thank you, yeah. Wade. Looking, Bill. Great to catch up with you. Enjoy your summer. Okay. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you. How about that uh, little addition to HawkeyeSports.com, Trent? I love old box scores in general. You are going to just be in your glory in this one. Now, Basketball Reference has all the NCAA box scores. I spent hours pouring over them and remembering and bringing back memories. Now with this, I know what I'm doing this summer. Yeah, every single game. Yeah. Let me see how far it goes back. Do we have time? I mean, I know we got to get to Cappy. Let's get to Cappy. All right, let's do that. We'll come back. David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa. You're going to love this opening segment. David Kaplan at the center. Scotty Pippen, Sean Kemp. Why didn't it happen? Well, our next guest is the reason. He joins Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. It's Miller and Cotton in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Thank you to Wade Looking Bill. Now time to talk to David Kaplan. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible for us to get with Cappy each and every week. Cappy, lots of ground to cover with you. Just a terrific comeback last night uh, for the Cubs as Javi Baez walks him off in the ninth inning as he pinch hits. That in a moment. Got to start with something that I saw on your Twitter feed. From this past weekend, a fascinating piece of Chicago sports history that you are right in the middle of. And I want to set the scene, and you correct me if I'm wrong. It appears, you know, re- reading uh, Twitter as I did, that Scottie Pippen and Sean Kemp were about to be traded for one another. And the story went public before the trade was announced. And Seattle fans found out about it and went ballistic that that Sean Kemp was going to be traded to Seattle for Scottie Pippen. You broke the story, therefore keeping the dynasty maybe together. Help us out. Take us back to that time. Funny that you asked that story. Um, I saw something on Twitter about it and I responded and went, yeah, that's not exactly how it went down. And I laid out exactly what happened. So I'm in Indianapolis. I was working radio, TV at the time, but not to the level I'm at now in terms of full-time. And so I was supplementing my income working for a company called Star Picks, and that was an old trading card company, Star P-I-C-S, and it was a playoff of Star Pictures. And we did draft pick sets on the NBA and the NFL. And so we would picture, you know, whoever the player was coming out of college, Christian Leitner in his Duke uniform, and we would release the sets before they became NBA players. And so I had to have the set picked and done before the draft. So I had to try and predict who was going to be in the set, and then I had to get them signed to contracts, and we had a most favored nations clause there. Everybody got paid the same amount in the first round, same amount in the second round. That's it. And I am down in Indy, and through my contacts doing this, Dr. Charles Tucker, a professor at Michigan State, was also the agent for um, Jalen Rose, Big Dog Robinson, and Juwan Howard. He calls me and said, hey, man, I want to do a favor for you because you've always been good signing my guys. How about coming to Indy the day of the draft and bring a TV camera and you can interview all three of my guys who are going in the top five of the draft? I'm like, exclusive? He's like, you got it all. So I drive down there with my cameraman who still works with me to this day. That's awesome. So we're talking 25 years later. 
We do the interviews. Jalen's in that horrible red and white striped suit, if you remember <laughs> yes. that. Yeah. I get done. We pack the gear up. We get in the elevator. We're going to take the tapes, drive back to Chicago. There's no internet to you know be able to right. send stuff back. We're driving back. We get in the elevator, and we're headed to the car, and this guy in the elevator is looking at me, and I, he's like staring at me. And I turn around. I go, can I help you? He's like, are you David Kaplan? I said, I am. He's like, I'm going to be seeing a whole lot more of you. I said, who are you? He said, I work for these two agents based in Oklahoma City named Tony Dutt and James Bryant. He said, our number one client just got traded to Chicago five minutes ago, and I'm going to be spending a lot of time because he's our top priority. I'm like, wait a minute. Who's your number one client? And he, and I knew Tony Dutt and James Bryant because they had some guys in the draft that I had signed the deal. They said The guy says to me, Sean Kemp. I'm like, Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> Sean Kemp got traded to the Bulls. He said, yep. I said, and what are we giving up? He said, Scotty Pippen. I'm like, get the blank out of here. <laughs> He's like, dude, it's 100%. He said, I am leaving right now. I got to get to Chicago, meet his plane. He has to pass a physical before the draft because the Bulls are getting Seattle's 11th pick in the first round. And Ricky Pierce, he gives me the whole thing. So I call his bosses, and they're like, dude, you didn't get this from us. The deal is done, wow. 100%. And I'm like, oh, God. So I run on the air. I call uh, AM1000 at the time was WMVP. It wasn't ESPN at the time. I'm working there. I call, and I go, put me on right now. I break the story. All hell breaks loose. Mm. I get a phone call from a buddy of mine who's now the voice of the Portland Trailblazers, Brian Wheeler. He was my play-by-play partner when I was doing Loyola, he's like, dude, what you reported is causing complete chaos in our offices here. He was working pre-post for the Sonics and working in their front in their front office marketing department. He's like, we're having a draft party, and they just asked us to print up pictures and bio info on Scottie Pippen. Mm. I'm like, oh, God. He said, can you go on our show right now? So I go on KJR Radio in Seattle, and I said, hey, you guys made a great trade. Scotty Pippen's a superstar. And anyway, people there freak out and start canceling season tickets because the Rain Man is now going to be a bull. And their owner, Barry Ackerley was his name, goes into George Carl's office and says, deal's off. I'm not signing off on the deal. He's like, what do you mean you're not signing off on the deal? We made this deal. He's like, I'm not going to approve it. I'm your boss. I own the team. So they cancel the trade. Jerry Krause calls them back and says, I'll give you a million dollars to make the deal. Wow. On top of what he was giving up. And they said, can't do it. Two million. Three million. <laughs> they turn it all down very accurately. The owner does. Trade falls through. I get crushed in the Chicago media that I made this up. And then Jerry Krause, may he rest in peace, said, I don't know where David Kaplan came up with that story, but we did not approach Seattle. We did not. That's what he kept saying. Yeah, well, maybe you didn't approach him, but you absolutely agreed to a trade. So anyway, it never happened. Uh, Fast forward. Yep. And, go ahead. I was going to say, Michael's playing bas- a baseball at this point, right? Correct. Yeah, go ahead. So fast forward now, I had been coaching an AAU team that won the state of Illinois title. I get a phone call from a guy named Mark Warkentine, who used to be at UNLV, and I had lost touch with him. He was Tark's assistant. Mark says, Hey, man, I'm with the Portland Trailblazers. We have three first-round picks. Could you come to pre-draft camp, since it's in Chicago, 
and meet me for breakfast. Three kids in the draft are all going in the first round. They're all your players, and they listed you as a reference on this NBA questionnaire. Donnie Boyce, Sherelle Ford, Michael Finley. So I said, yeah, absolutely. So I had breakfast with him. I said, hey, Mark, I lost touch with you when you left Vegas, uh, and you were getting my scouting service. Where did you go? He said, oh, I'm with Portland now, as you know. I'm player personnel director. I said, oh, so you went right to Portland? He said, no, actually, I worked for the Sonics for a couple of years, and then our president, Bob Whitsitt, got hired away to run Portland. He took me with him. I'm like, hold on a second. You were in Seattle? Yeah. Did you guys make a trade for Scotty Pippen? He goes, nah, I don't want to get into that. That's a sore <laughs> subject. I go, no, you have to get into it. He said, I'll tell you what happened. Yeah, we made a great trade, and Chicago gave us their word and ended up the trade fell through because our owner freaked out because some blankety-blank, and he uses some profane language, in the Chicago media <laughs> nice. got the story from Jerry Krause, and it crushed our fan base. And I said, that's not how it went down. He's like, how the hell would you know? I said, because the blankety-blank in the Chicago media was me. <laughs> that's awesome. And I got it from Sean Kemp's agent. And to make a long story short, he goes, dude, if George Carl had seen you, he would have punched you in the face. <laughs> that's how bad he was with the person who broke the story. I'm like, well, that was me. Long story short, at Rick Majerus' funeral, I see George Carl. I walk up, introduce myself, tell him who I am. He said, I literally would have physically assaulted you. We made the greatest trade in history, and it got canceled because of you. So it was Sean Kemp, Ricky Pierce. Sean Kemp, Ricky Pierce, and the 11 for Scottie Pippen and the Bulls' like 20-whatever pick. Let's say that that trade went through, Jordan comes back, and everything kind of falls into place. What would the team with Jordan and Sean Kemp, who still played well a few years after that, the 11 pick, maybe they could have picked Jalen Rose there, and Ricky Pierce, who was at the end of his career. What would have that team look like with Jordan, though, those final three championship seasons? Uh, I mean, look, it was Michael, so I still think it would have been a great trade, but let's not forget, Sean Kemp ended up having a drug problem. Right, yep. So who knows what that ends up doing to the Bulls' culture. Mm Mm-hmm. Does Dennis Rodman ever end up a bull if Sean Kemp is there? Probably not. I mean, probably not. And without Scotty, does that team win? I'm not sure they do. So, yeah, pretty funny. Fascinating stuff, Cap. Got to get to Kimbrel. I promised one of our listeners I would ask you about it. I saw you tweet about it last night. Um, look, Brock, a couple of days ago, he was throwing darts. He really was. How that ball found its way over Rizzo's head was one thing. But I get it that there is a major concern at the back of that bullpen. What do you think it would take to get Kimbrel? and should the Cubs pursue that path? From what I've been told by someone who I think is as wired into this as anybody, um, he said that Kimbrell, going into last offseason, was, I want a six-year deal just north of $100 million. And nobody obviously bit, because you also had to give up your first-round pick unless you were in the top ten, then you gave up your second-round pick. Well, the Cubs obviously are not in the top ten. They're picking in the 20s, so they're going to give up their number one pick. And as you try to rebuild a farm system, that's an important pick. That's how you the lifeblood of an organization. Now I've been told that Kimbrell's down to, I'll take three for 45. But year one, he will have missed all of April, all of May, and most of June. So you're cutting that almost in half. So if you gave him 15 a year, you're really only giving him 15, 15, and roughly eight and a half. So three for 36, three for 39, somewhere in that range is what I think you can get Craig Kimbrell for. 
but you also have to make sure that Craig Kimbrell is the guy you're buying and not like old Craig Kimbrell because don't forget last year at the end of the World Series, they closed with Chris Sale. They did not close with Craig Kimbrell because he had a lousy World Series. So you better know who you're getting. He better be the right guy because if you hamstring yourself with another bad deal at somewhere between 11 and $16 million a year, whew, that's going to be real tough to try and keep improving your team if you have another bad contract. So I'm sure that right after the draft, when draft hit compensation, once the draft happens, goes away, the qualifying offer prior to the draft means you've got to give up that pick I mentioned. This way you would not have to give up anything but cash. So if, he's, if my scout said to me, we watched him throw, and it'll take him three weeks, he'll be ready to go by July 1, let's do it, yeah, then I would write the check because I don't have to give up any of my top prospects in a thin system anyway. So we'll see where that goes. And then you got to get another setup guy. You just have to. Carl Edwards, I just, I think he needs a fresh start. He has good stuff. It's just for whatever reason not working. I think I would move him in a deal to go get a bench bat. I'd move him and whoever the other guy is I trade. And if I could go get Craig Kimbrell and a guy like Ken Giles, wow, mm. now I'm cooking with gas. Javi Baez comes in off the injury, delivers the game-winning hit, and a conversation erupted out of my text chain group with my buddies about where he ranks. I don't know if you're a Bill Simmons fan, but for the NBA, he always does his trade value column, and it puts into contract what's still there, what a guy's being paid. With him still having two years of arbitration available, could you argue that, at least in terms of trade value, he is the highest-ranked player in the National League? Bellinger probably in the same kind of boat, but a young guy, a very team-friendly contract with arbitration coming that you're not having to pay this guy $25, $30 million a year. He might be the most valuable player because of that in the NL. Um, I would say that you know Chris Bryant's going to be right there. and it, it, This looks like the real Chris Bryant. Yeah, it does. Healthy. So if Chris Bryant and Javi Baez were both available, I mean – the package to acquire them would be prohibitive. I mean, you literally could not trade either of those guys because you could never get the value back. Mm-hmm. Nobody has a player that impactful. Nobody has a system that good. I mean, if the White Sox said, okay, I'm just picking a team out of thin air that has a good system, we'll give you Aloy Jimenez, Dylan Cease, and pick another good prospect. The Cubs wouldn't do it. So they're untradeable because of how good they are. I think either guy would be just unbelievably valuable. Cap, we will let you go on this. We know you got, you're got you short on time here, and you've been very gracious with us this morning. Uh, any doubt that Ozzie Guillen is going to fit in with the media was a race last night. <laughs> boy, oh boy, he went nuclear on Adam Eaton. I'm not sure you heard it. It was on your network, NBC Sports uh, Chicago, when he talked about, uh, look, Adam Eaton, he was one of my guys. Nobody in the White Sox clubhouse liked him. Mm. And, of course, this is brought up because of the uh, Todd Fraser, Adam Eaton seemingly kerfuffle that's going on right now. Uh, good for Ozzie Guillen speaking in his mind, Cap. Yeah, I do shows with Ozzy every week, and we become really close. You know, if you had said to me when I walked into Wrigley Field for Cubs Sox, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years ago, ten years ago, whenever Ozzy was still there, and I was walking toward the White Sox clubhouse, and I had ten people in the media go, "Dude, be ready, Ozzy's waiting for you." <laughs> I said, "For me? I don't even cover that team that much. What are you talking about?" I got one foot in the door, and he goes, okay, and you know how profane he can be. Let's go, blankety-blank. I heard you rip me on the radio. You and me, let's go. And he takes me on a tour of the visitor's clubhouse, and we go to this 
rusty fence where fans are walking by, and that's where his players are stretching against because there's no room. He's like calling Wrigley a dump. He's in my face all over me. It's one of my fondest memories. You told me that I'm going to become as close as I become to him. I mean, we're talking about going to dinner next week. I hang out with this guy. We hang out in the green room. He's on my shows at least once a week, if not more. I love Ozzie Guillen, and I think he is in a great spot. ESPN was good for him. It raised his national profile. Mm-hmm. He's a Chicago guy. He tells it like it is. And to sit in the green room the other night with Frank Thomas, Ozzie Guillen, me, David DeJesus, let me just tell you something. I just sit back and just laugh. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing TV. Good stuff today, Cap. As always, my friend. Love the, the, the Kemp Pippen story. They, you deserve a ring, my friend, for keeping the band together. Cap, we'll talk to you next week. I'll tell Jerry Ryan story if he said that. <laughs> All right. Good to talk to you, Cap. Thank you. See you guys. Yep, see ya. David Kaplan, uh, brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Centurion Stone, Iowa's best selection of stone veneer. And that's whether you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project of any size. Centurion Stone of Iowa offers a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. Highly recommend you check them out. Well, you can check them out online, centurionstoneofiowa.com, but their showroom is spectacular. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. You asked a great question. What if Sean Kemp got there? The drug problem would have... I mean, he's a great player. Yeah, yeah, and he still put up really good numbers the next three, four years. But the culture. And does Rodman get there? Rodman doesn't. I I don't think he does. You can't... In that era of the NBA, you can't play those two guys together. I don't think either of them... We saw Rodman defend big guys. Uh, We saw him against Shaq many times, and Mm -hmm. it usually didn't go well because he's not a real big guy. In today's environment, sure, you could get away with that. I, I think you could play those two guys together. In that basketball era, I don't think that would have worked. So Rodman's not on that team. You have the cast of characters at the center position. Mm-hmm. Now, I mentioned Jalen Rose. Pippen's defense. Pippen's defense. That's a really good one. Ricky Pierce was not a defender. He no. could shoot it. No, but, but, but Pippen, yes. the, the, the way he played defense gets lost on some people. One of the best on-ball defenders no doubt. in NBA history. Probably not three in a row. I don't know, Trent. I mean, MJ's still there, and you he know is. how he is in 23, elevated everybody around him. Well, we got to get a break. We are a ton late here. Uh, we will come back. We're going to talk some twins in the 11 o'clock hour. Looking forward to uh, doing that. And uh, Adam Teicher on the Chiefs. We're going to take a look at kind of two of the local teams, one in MLB, one in NFL, Miller and Condon. Uh, we are here until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.